Hello, good people, and welcome to episode two of season eight of the Brunswick Beer Collective. And we are, well, I'm Chris Jordan, with me is Jeffrey Chi. Evening. And with me is Paul Christoph. Hello. And we are, well, we're recording this on the Sunday, which is like the last day of Good Beer Week in Melbourne. And it's, I guess it's what we call that, it's not really post-mortem, it's more like we should record once we're incredibly exhausted. Which I think that's what we'd be Incredibly right Incredibly exhausted, yep. Yeah, that's an accurate description of how I'm feeling. That's right. That's a good summary. But not hungover, surprisingly. No. Given that we were drinking from midday till 4am. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but no, I was in pretty much, did not get out of bed until 5.30 and then came to record this pretty much. So oh, right. That was my approach to the day. Yeah. Like, I wasn't asleep. I was just in bed because I was like, yeah, just cannot, because I just can't eat it. Yeah, I was so <laughs> surprised. I'd had, I'd, you know, planned to, but such a hectic couple of weeks and... I said Sunday, nope, I'm not doing anything, not even going to turn on the computer, it's just going to be a write-off day, and then I woke up, it's like, hmm, this is unusual. <laughs> Alright, I'll start doing some work and, you know, see <laughs> see how long it takes for something to kick in, and it, it never did. Right. Very odd. Look, not to say I feel like drinking. But of but, course um, we're drinking right now, but let's not think about that. I thought... I feel like it's definitely, you know, I, I know we've mentioned this before, the older we get, the um, the more late onset hangovers become. Um, yes. So yes. Certainly that you just sort of, like, I feel like I felt this one, um, and I wasn't even, you know, I didn't do half the things you guys did yesterday, but um, I felt this one at about, like, 4 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, but, I miss the old uh, waking up feeling like death at 9am, but yeah. feeling like you're on top of the world by midday. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it's it comes of age. I'd love to say it comes of age and wisdom and experience and all that, but I think we're just all breaking. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, we ain't wise. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. It was just I just kind of got I could have got up like hours earlier than I did, but it's just like yeah, there's no real reason to do so. It's not going to help my general sort of state of being. So yeah. Yeah, but, um, it's a fair call. I mean, I had stuff to do, but yeah, we've survived Good Beer Week 2017. Now, I think that, I think, I mean, we still, I did like a APB out to anyone who was in the neighbourhood who wanted to come on and share their good, good beer work experiences, but they were smart enough to not do a podcast on the day of, uh, um, of the end of Good Beer Week and actually probably like look in their wounds. Well, they're possibly still Good Beer Weeking. There's, still, could be still, yeah. there's a few, there's quite a lot of uh, recovery parties yeah. that mm-hmm. involve beer. Oh, how else do you cover, to recover from alcohol? Yeah, exactly. More alcohol. But, so, I mean, we did, I think I did a Good Beer Week event of some description every night from um, Monday, sorry, from, um, it started on Friday till tonight. Um, I'm wrecked, I'm exhausted, but I'm kind of happy with myself. But, um, what our, I guess, what, let's start with what our highlights are. Highlights. Because they were fun ones. Vic versus the world was good. Yep. Right. Overall, it's an event. Yep. It was really good. Um, the Blue Bonnet Goose Island thing, that was good. Um, well, it's just the Gabs itself was as good as always. Well, Lots of really interesting beers. I do feel like Gabs is almost just Gabs these days. You know? Yeah, well, Gabs, yeah, Gabs kind of stands on its own and everything yeah. else just kind of like sort of falls around. I think, I, I agree. I think, you know, with Gabs, there's, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get onto this later um, more generally, but with Gabs, there's always a risk that as you kind of, as it moves on and on and on, then there is a need for the beers just to become sort of, you know, for people just to become more and more sort of whatever and like it just 
So yeah. the, the specialty beers in particular just become not that interesting or they just become too weird, that doesn't work. Yeah. But I think, you know, the brewers all did a pretty good job of like, you know, treading that line between keeping it interesting and not just doing things for the sake of doing yeah. things. I think that was really good. And there was uh, that bone marrow one? Yeah, Who actually worked out quite well. Um, yeah, and it was tasted pretty much like it was like a smoked beer and it had that subtle taste of bone marrow. You're like, yes, it's exactly... I- I didn't. I saw that one go by. I didn't realize it was a bone marrow one. The moment I saw smoke, I thought, "No, fuck that! I don't want to smoke beer." And then there was the after dinner mint, which was uh, general consensus was it was nowhere near as good as the one we brewed. Well, it was never going to be right. So that was never, never going to be. I mean, no. we're completely unbiased, of course. <laughs> well, it was it was quite odd. So I spoke with um, a friend today, and she was there on the Friday night, and she was uh, she was a sort of like she was really drunk by the end of it, and she sort of said that. Um, um, but because all the beer is so, it's, it's all really strong. Like, and I get uh, the one thing I suppose that you don't really fathom is the fact that when you look down that list and you're sort of like, yes, yes, I'll try this. This looks like fun. This looks like fun. And then, like, then you realise, hang on a second, eight percent, nine percent, twenty-two percent, yeah, twelve percent, and you just sort of take it as a given. Yeah, I mean, I think some people there actually. When I was in line, I noticed there were people trying to maximise. It's like old school drinking, you know. It's like I've got a paddle. I mean, this section, what are the six most <laughs> alcoholic beers on here? Because value for money. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, the average punter is just choosing based on flavour and things they mm. found interesting. ABV was right. of zero relevance. Mm. Um, I, was, I was actually really impressed by the Garage Project lineup, just both at Gab's and at here at the Alehouse House Project this week. I, I don't know about the... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I wouldn't know about the one at... Uh, so this this isn't garage. I was I was annoyed at Garage Project at the time, but it's not their fault. It's a strict license, strict licensing. Yes, so indeed. they literally cannot serve alcohol once you know the bell is the wrong. bell is rung. It's yeah. sort of on the minute, and that's completely fair. Unfortunately for me, I arrived at the uh, Garage Project stand with my empty paddle, ready to get the flight of some very mm. interesting uh, sort of Indian, you know, chai mm. spices mm. and things, Indian themed beers, ready to get it, and I was about. I was basically 30 seconds too um, too late, and it was just it's a shame because, as Jeff said, they were and as most people seem to have said, they were very interesting uh, good beers. Mm. But I did try a lot of the Garage Project beers here. Yep, mm-hmm. trying one at the moment, and they were very. It's a very impressive lineup. Yeah, because I think the last. I mean, Garage Project always been a great brewery. They always do good stuff. But I just, I just found like their lineup, particularly last year, was just not particularly interesting. I think they brought a lot of core range. They brought. They had the um the Fleur de Lis, like that one with. I think it was the. Was it literally so one of the beers, the one which had the two beers running into one from two different taps that was quite cool, like their um that circus series yeah. thing. But apart from that, there was like nothing I, else. I genuinely can't remember what um, Garage Project had, which may uh, may be um, me agreeing with you, or maybe just I can't remember. Yeah, let's be honest, it could be a column A or column B. But there was also the fact that I guess you know that Garage Project has so much amazing stuff that you kind of when you see a lineup that's just. A really solid garage project yeah, lineup sure. to the average punter that hasn't tried any, they're going to be really impressed. But you know, we'd been at, we'd done um, Biavana, yeah, yep. sort of that, sort of within a year beforehand. So we tried a lot of the beers then. So they were, you know, new to Australia, but we're like, ah, like we tried a lot of this. <laughs> you do get to that stage where you sometimes it's a bit of a, that's no, not you, it's me. But um, what? yeah. Anyway, the fact that there was, I mean, Coxwains, oh, wasn't yeah. wasn't the dark. Um, Double barreled edition, which is yeah, one of my five star beers on untapped. So, so it's less courageous. Less yeah. courageous, yeah. But still, it was a, yeah, the blended porter edition. It was still really tasty. Dark resonance. Yep. Which we had um had actually well as well. twice. So yeah, speaking of highlights, we expected the Rockwell thing would be one of our highlights, and 
went there twice for the burger and, um, and beer pairings yeah, and yeah so good uh, really good event and it's and I uh, it's um, just thinking about uh, Gabs one thing that I did find kind of hilarious but it's mostly because I feel like everyone has a different goal because uh, you know they give you the festival glass and that's the first thing I almost like put aside and not use um, I'm sure we had a table just full of them but I did see people going up the, going up with a paddle and then getting a festival glass or something else yep. and it's sort of it's uh, to me I, I looked at it and I looked at it in the same way as if I see someone buying like a pint of craft beer at Cowan Cellars in Melbourne where that you sort of go Jesus that's that's probably like 40% in total or something and you're having a pint of it sure yeah. and, oh, it, it, it just it, you don't uh, I guess when I looked at it I thought God, that, why would you break convention like that? If you're drinking, if you're drinking in the festival glass, how are you going to drink all the other things at all the other bays? Yeah, I mean, I think that if I say if one year I did the season pass and went to multiple sessions with Gab, then I think you know one session would be you know obviously try all the different beers, try to remember what they tasted like. But then at least one of the other sessions yeah. would be just walk around the middle bit, up, you know, yeah. have just glasses of beer, yeah. like sort of chill out a bit, and rather than sort of like trying to really push yourself mm. to try mm. everything because. You know, there's only so there's only so long you can do that for, right? So um, it, it is I, true, yeah. I, I mean, I, I also find it hard to fathom the idea of doing more than one gab session in a good beer week, but yeah, you know, I, people do it. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I guess we are on the uh, we're in the minority in that you know we also did a um, good beer week event every night of the week, whereas some people that the gabs might or two gab sessions might be their only two beer drinking things. Perhaps. Maybe you got lots of other stuff on, you know, so you got your, your weekend pass yep. to yep. kind of, this is my big weekend out, yep. not having another. Yep. yep. I, I, I won't be able to drink again for the next year or so. <laughs> Till next Gabs. Yeah, yeah. next Gabs. So, Jeff, what were your highlights? Yeah, I think that, you know, I think Garage, the Garage Project, I was just, just super impressed mm. by, by their stuff that they brought over to the Our House Project. And I think um, also, yeah, the Rockwell, the Rockwell burger, particularly the one that we had last night after Gabs was oh, definitely... Yeah. That was just awesome, and it was paired with the Dark Resonance, and it was just, yeah, just amazing, so. Well, uh, talking about, um, I feel like this is very much a Garage Project-themed episode, but I didn't really intend to do it, um, because I, uh, on, when was it, on Sunday, we, um, Paul and I were at an event, and then that we, uh, then that we um, uh, saw, basically, we were at the event, and it was put on at the Arbery in Melbourne, and there were, like, a few of the brewers who, was, uh, who were matched with the beers, and the brewer, sorry, the beer, there were beers that were matched with food, and the brewers were all like so, uh, sort of hanging around and drinking. And then they all kind of vanished. And we said to someone, oh, where, "Where'd they go?" And we heard they went up a stomping ground. So we're like, "Well, we can go up there. We should go up there." And then we, um, Paul and I, got there with that. I think three minutes to spare because yeah. we went to the wrong <laughs> bar in Stomping Ground and had what was it? They had the the blood orange um, one. Blood which, orange, and I can't remember what the other one was. But yeah, a couple interesting beers. Yeah. And it was just sort of like, and that was their collaboration with Stomping Ground. And that was, that was sort of, it, it was like the perfect way to start off Good Beer Week. Because yeah. it was all downhill from there. <laughs> and yeah, I think, you know, the other, the other really good thing actually, which just came to mind before I forget, because I will forget this if I don't say it right now, um, was I thought the Bacchus lineup on Wednesday here was actually really good as well. Yes. They, they really focused on sort of like sort of chocolatey, kind of nutty kind of flavours this year, which actually they kind of probably often do actually, but as always, they just nailed all the flavour profiles they were aiming for. What like, was it? The uh, Nutella... 
Oh, there was a Ferrero Rocher, Rocher like Nutella yeah. nut brown on nitro. Yeah, that was outstanding. And the um, the Lamington beer tasted like Lamington. Yeah, it was just, was... yeah. Just they. I don't know how they do it, but they just always nail their flavour profile. Anyway. Yeah, their their well, worst beers, which were not bad beers, were the ones that actually weren't trying to do anything special. Yeah. yeah. They seem to do better the more outrageous or the more of an interesting flavour they try to create, and they just nail that. But although that kind of um, because uh, some of those ones that um, we have for, for backers, they were the ones that you know at, only came in one fifty mil wine glasses, basically, and that kind of remind. Um, uh, there were quite a few situations where you ended up with um, wine glass moments instead of. Um, it, it felt very special, you know. You weren't sure. getting a pot. You were like that. We went to the Nognay stuff. At, is it Nognay? No. No. I'm to our listeners in Oslo. Sorry. Borgen. Um, um, we went to the thing starting with N that I don't know how to pronounce at Dr. Morse and they had you know everything came in a wine glass and then beer mash a lot of things came in wine glasses mm. that was the most expensive beer of good beer week for me it was the uh, yeah, the darker eyes and fifth anniversary yes oh, yeah. Yeah, 14 yeah. or 16 dollars for a 100 mil pour that's right yeah we had that um, probably the night before you had it yeah, but I believe the cost price for that keg was around the eight hundred dollar mark. Jesus. So yeah. you're, looking at, you're looking at these beers and you're like, and they're expensive, but the venue's not taking the piss. It's just how no, expensive no. it is to get Which, these rare beers mm. to Australia on a timely basis. Because I mean, it's already. Exp- I mean, I was in Oslo recently. It's already expensive As in you do. Oslo. Like it's the most. I think the Economist did an article. It's the mo- the city with the most expensive beer per unit volume yeah. in the entire planet. And so, then you're shipping it as far away yeah, shipping it, <laughs> as you can. Excise, all this business. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no wonder. So it was even though, yeah, the beers there were expensive, but they were packed mm. every night because, yeah, mm. like yeah, people know that yeah, 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 they're yeah. good beers. And yeah, I've, uh, I, I feel like certainly in my mind, beer mash really came into its own. Um, so, uh, seeing that place, you really couldn't move in that place. I think that's uh, yeah. I think that's a really good point to make. Actually, I think yeah, beer match really knocked it out of the park. This, you know, in terms of like the venue that impressed me most. Just I as think, a venue, yeah. yeah. I think in general, they, it's, it was very di- a very different venue when it opened. Yep. And it's just yeah. I was thinking about slowly that too, yeah. sort of merged into this um this hub. sort of always always at the forefront of our yeah. minds now when we're in that part of town. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, I think it's now my preferred craft beer destination like in that kind of strip yep. basically like the Smith Street kind of strip there I mean there's obviously and this is not to denigrate you know the other two sort of craft beer places on that mm. road nearby but this, I think Beer Mash have really sort of taken it next level yeah agreed and of course we actually got to the New Foresters we did yeah yes which twice I got there yeah which I'll admit kind of just felt like the old Foresters for the most part essentially yeah, yeah. the venue is a lot the layout's a lot better. Having all those booths and tables and things is yeah. much better. Mm-hmm. But um, the beer list was still. I mean, they were the Wellington. Yeah, yeah. They had the Wellington ta- yeah. takeover, yeah. and it was pretty much all core range kind of stuff. So again, it's that thing. I guess you know, to your average punter who maybe hasn't tried that many Kiwi beers, there's gonna be a lot of different stuff. But mm. if you know, you've you've been to New Zealand Wellington once or twice. Yeah, you've had. All you're not stuff getting before. anything yeah. new. And I mean, yeah, that was a struggle. It, I mean, it's a good question, though. I mean, you know, you can uh, depends on how you want to pitch yourself as a venue. If they want to pitch themselves as the craftier place that sort of appeals to some, maybe the marginal craftier mm. drinker, right? Trying to per- move the marginal person from drinking mm. macro beer to to craft beer, or 
maybe to the point we were talking about last night, Paul, from crappy beer to good beer. Yes. Um, <laughs> then, then that that's perfectly fine. Like if you want to have like a lot of taps, but then it probably needs to be priced differently as well because foresters mm-hmm. are sort of not exceptionally like you know like they're probably at the upper end of the spectrum yeah, yeah. of pricing for for craft beer pubs. Mm-hmm. And if you want to take if you want to attack that market, you have to price at a slightly lower yeah, price yeah. point because yeah. the people who will pay it aren't interested mm. in the beers or drinking. The people mm. who might be interested won't pay those prices for the beers, so you're going to be stuck in this sort yeah. of, um, this, you know. It'll be interesting to see where Forrester's yeah. develops. Yeah. It's still a venue with so much opportunity, potential. So, what didn't we like then? What didn't we like? Um, I, the thing I've, and I've said this several times, <laughs> probably not on the podcast actually, but just the just the magnitude of the program mm. this year like I, I felt I just had to cut it back to basics and mm. just go simple old school this year because I could not actually come out reading the whole program and like every so many people you know, we've yeah, spoken to have ev- said that almost everyone we've spoken to has said the same thing like so basically you know we know that Big Versus World mm. is an awesome event we'll do that mm. we know where all the Pine of Origin venues are I only have to read a short part of the program mm. to do that other than that pretty much didn't do anything else it's like a novel know? and you sort yeah. of sit down and you're like I'm going to plan out what I want to do it's just it's too much. How can it's I do it? Too well, overwhelming. Well, of course, I wrote the uh, I wrote the City Lane article um, describing what people should do for Good Beer Week. So you obviously read it cover to cover. Um, I had the app, and I pretty much divided it down to um, day, and then um, just everywhere in the city. Although the weird part was was that our, um, uh, so I wrote I wrote that, and occasional guest Ben said to me, "Oh yeah, I, I haven't even looked at the program. I just looked at what you put in that um, article," uh, and it's like. Well, okay. But That's kind of why we realised we hadn't yeah. done one. It was kind of like it's kind of important to because people are going to get programs yeah. really fatiguing, fatiguing. Mm. And though the worst part is, I don't know. I mean, I th- I thought about this afterwards. I don't know how you would do that program. I mean, every year they like kind of flip the um, des- uh, flip the design of how that they um, organise things. I don't know how you do it in a way where you actually, you know make it easy less events yeah I was about to say I tell you how you do it basically like I mean it's like you know how people you know over you know many decades people like living longer right you know like from going from life expectancy of say like you know 65 to 85 or something but that extra 20 years of that 20 years like you know at least half of that is living in like you know like less than ideal conditions the same thing here right you go from 140 events to over 300 events like how many of those 160 plus Mm. events actually worth going to and like I can get it like a lot of them actually aren't worth going to like they're actually not that interesting yeah. But now you have yeah. to filter through all this stuff in order to find the stuff you actually want to go to. That's real. I think it's but as a business, yeah, if you right. are the organisers of Good, Good Beer Week, yeah. we love your 300 work. 300 people paying for uh, absolutely to mm. be an official venue yeah. of 120. It, um, it helps fund helps fund things. Yeah. So, so I can see it from both sides. So that's from a business point of view. It makes a lot of sense. But I think, yeah, from a consumer point of view, they're... It's got, to, it's got to be a middle ground. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know the answer. Though I am happy that um, the bugs in the app seem to get rid of themselves after the um, third or fourth. Yeah, the app was good. Yeah. The app was pretty that good. That was yeah. really good. Really mm. helped um, Really helped getting through Gabs itself. Mm. Mm. Being able to organise your paddles and mm. then yeah, have a yeah. record of what you've ordered. and right. That was really good. So, we should actually... I mean, as reluctant as I am to do this, we should actually drink some beer at some point. <laughs> Um, so let's come back with some of that.
and we are back and we're foolishly on to beer number one and so beer number one uh, we changed this up for a very obvious reason jeff uh, so this beer is the Beyond the Pale Beta Carotene by Garage Project. So Garage Project, obviously, as discussed, had their tap takeover mm. during the week. So this is kind of the leftovers. Uh, and it is a carrot and orange pale ale. Hence, Chris does not actually have a glass of this beer. Here's something else. Yes, what do I have? You have the Fuzz Box, which is the collaboration between Garage Project and Frankie's Pizza in Sydney, which is one of my favourites. I'm, I'm very okay with that yep. option. One of the best. Anyway, so, description, Beyond the Pale. Every year, a celebration of Wellington's fabulous Fringe Festival, and every year, an excellent excuse to brew outside the box. This year's avant-garde offering is a devised piece with a cast of carrots, orange and ginger, with a touch of maple syrup and galaxy hops. Is it cold-pressed ale or the morning after the night before in a glass? Just remember, orange is the new amber. Fringe 2017, get amongst it. Okay. I'm really tired of hearing that orange isn't the new anything. Why can't, yeah, why orange can't orange be not um, in anything? Why, why can't we go with that philosophy? Well, the orange with the new black. That was a, that was a good beer yesterday. I quite enjoyed that one. Yeah. That was, that was one of my favourites. Refer to previous rant. Possibly the greatest beer ever. Mm. Only possibly? So I did, I was just just talking about um, the, um, the beers yesterday. So I did have the, uh, I did make... Uh, a discovery of so I had the mountain goat the chili beer that I can't pronounce the name of uh, the Quetzalcoatl yeah thank you um, <laughs> that was in an episode of Sports Billy that's the only reason I know how to pronounce that you have no idea what I'm talking about no no, no I'm gonna nope, I'm gonna no look idea. you're gonna have to look that up and then but I also had the 22% beer um, the something Johnny or whatever from Moondog yes and so I decided that because I could barely drink the mountain goat one I drank a little bit of it and then I um, continually topped it up with the 22% one and balanced the two out oh, you made your own collaboration beer exactly I, I did everybody's dream and how did that I work did out for you? not bad actually or at least um, the high amount of alcohol in the um, Moondog beer um, balanced out the huge amount of chilli in the mango beer. It was pretty spicy, like yeah. the, um, the... I mean, it was, it was fine, yeah. but like, I could tell that there was a lot of kick in it. Like It's kind of like when I had the, um, the really fucking hot from Bell's mm. later on that, that evening. Like, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, I thought the hot was hot enough. Yeah. It was good. Enjoyed that. But the, uh, but the Southern Fried was yeah. very bland. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like it's definitely the um, um, the, the be- sorry the chicken flavour you have when it's sort of like, I just want to have chicken. I don't want to, I want to be able to taste it. No. Yeah, you got to go at least Hot tip, yeah. If you're going to Bell's and you don't like spicy, don't go for the mildest one. Though. Go for the one-up yeah. because the <laughs> mildest one really doesn't have much flavour. But also don't assume that the middle rating mm. is like just average. No, because the hot is the actually hot. hot is middle. And that's yeah, hot. Yeah, that's right. Hot is middle and it's actually hot. That's the problem. That'll, that's the mistake that a lot of people make there. So, yeah, public yeah. service now. Anyway, back to the beer because I took us off topic. I blame myself. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to ask for you guys to, you know, have a taste and tell me what other people are saying about uh, other people. Uh, Charles at the Ale House Project uh, the other day. Better than I expected for a beer made made with carrots. Not as hoppy as a bunny. So yeah, I like there. I like as a comment. That's great. Three point seven five. <laughs> um, what else do we have? Uh, Damien S. GBW backlog. Um, no venue, but I assume it's here. Oh no, it, might, well, it could be at Rockwell. Could be. Mm-hmm. Um, the ginger is slightly too much, but overall, are worth the effort. 
That's interesting. I don't really pick up much ginger any ginger. Yeah. Does it even have ginger in it? It does. Look, I'm not okay. picking up any ginger either. Yeah. Uh, interesting. One of different batches, maybe. Maybe. Tim H. At Rockwell and Sons. Really solid pale. Not heaps of carrot flavour, but good colour. Really interesting colour. And it's is very orange. <laughs> yeah. Like Trump. Terry C at the Ale House Project. Good flavours made my eyesight better. People are loving the uh, the carrot puns. Yeah. I'd forgotten about the whole carrots make eyesight better thing. Yeah, there's yeah. a thing in Zork where you need to eat carrots. See, now I'm just going to reference all sorts of obscure shit. You need to eat carrots so that you don't lose your eyesight in like this forest and then get eaten. God, I didn't even. I didn't know we'd ever get to the point where we'd get a Zork. Yeah. Reference. Who knew? Could be worse. Could have been a missed reference. Adobe J at Rockwell and Sons. Uh, wrong name on the menu. Was expecting a sour. Got a pale. Not what I was after. So I'm not going to rate it. Not the brewer's fault. And he's taken a photo of the uh, menu, and it says Garage Project Fringe Fruits, which is the wrong beer. Right. But then the description right next to that on the menu is carotene and ginger pale ale. Yeah, you would have thought you just asked so, a question at that point in time. I don't know why you're expecting a sour and got a pale when the beer's described as a pale. I wish we'd gotten there for that burger that's in the photo, though. That's <laughs> oh, like the barn burger. That would have been awesome. Mm. So good. All right, give me one more, people. Um, okay, Karen at Rockwell & Sons. Earthy and bitter from the hops with a spicy kick at the end. Throw in some peanuts and create your own Thai salad. 4.25. I quite like that. That's just a cool set of words. All right. Um, I'm just going to read out some comments from the fuzz box because I feel like I should. Hmm. Do it. Um, I quite like this beer, by the way. Uh, right. Paul was checked this in, so it was Ben. Um, but that's because it's only showing my friends who are regular people um, Virginia D juicy fruity hoppy and a little bit dank not at all uh, not at all bitter super cloudy too eh, I like it um, alright so okay this is my favourite one um, Max M uh, grown up version of a child's juice box right. and let me do one more a lot of people will check this in um, oh yeah, um, and Joe Yu, um, at Naturally Healthy, maybe, um, his, says, Garage Project always seems to do itself, time and time again. Sorry, time and again. I th- think it should have said time and time again. Time um, after time, it should have said. Yeah. It should have said that. Look, if you're lost, if you no, what's it? Ah, I can't believe it doesn't work. Uh, this, you can't find me. <laughs> time after time. This is brilliant. Thank you. Um, yeah, um. Alright, uh, I'm gonna jump in and say my rating for this. I think it's, um, it's the worst part is it's not the sort of day where I have the um, capacity to really enjoy something properly. So, but I'm gonna give it, say, I'm gonna give it 3.75. Okay. I really like it, but not, again, I feel like if I rate it at a different time, then I'd probably give a different, very different answer. Yeah. Gents, what do you think about this? Um, carrot one? Well, the fuzzbox. <laughs> uh, whoa, actually, good point. You had the fuzzbox. That was my pre-beer. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at my shocking footy tipping. Um, yeah, Jesus, fu- boys, pay attention. The fuzzbox was really good. So I gave the fuzzbox 3.75, and then I gave this beer 3.75. Mm-hmm. But then it's that interesting thing where I prefer the fuzzbox, so I've given them both 3.75. It's like, but neither of them are... But the fuzzbox isn't a four. Mm. But it's a bit, yeah. So, um, but yeah, this carrot team, it's just, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Mm. It does have that carroty sort of 
yeah. vegetable juice kind of. Yeah, yeah, that that, that carroty orange flavour. Yeah, I get a bit of maple syrup in it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think 3.75 is, is fair and reasonable. Yeah. Alrighty, um, I think we should move on to the last beer. And we are back and we are somewhat reluctantly on to beer number two. And beer number two is, what is it? It's the Salty Sea Stout by Two Metre Tall, so from Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Tasmanian. This is like a sea salt it's got oyster. And oysters, mussels, seaweed and salt water from Bruni Island. Right. No cheese though. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. Could put some cheese in One thing there. I know about Bruni Island is that they do amazing cheese. And beers. As we discussed. Yeah. Brunion Cheese Company also brew beer. Yep, that's right. That's right. But doesn't everyone brew beer these days? I, well, I did bring one of them back as well, so... Nice. We can um, we'll try one of them one day. But, uh, take it some point. Yeah, I, always thought, I thought that was very interesting because their cheeses are amazing. And went yep. to the little thingy there they've, they've got in Hobart and they've got, oh yes, here's like you know, 10 different beers that we do. It's like, oh, did really? not expect that. Cool. <laughs> cheese and beer it is. <laughs> So yeah, two minutes all. Um, it's but well, they're kind of known for putting together things that are a little bit different, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. No, they they definitely aim to sort of like you know create things that are at the edges of sort of not the edge of the envelope, right? Like yeah, yeah well, particularly in the sour stuff to push. Yeah, yeah. He aims to create something, whether he nails it or not. Yeah. It is what it is. Hmm. Um, what are other people saying about this? Uh, so Thomas V says, yeah, baby, now we are talking about weirdness, 4.25. <laughs> it's just a good line. Uh, Murray H at the Ale House Project yesterday. Wow, briny with three pluses after it. Uh, we've got um, Andrew G in, in at Tranmere. Um, looks like he's got a bottle of it. Love this beer, salty, sour, dark. This particular bottle is not quite three years old. Bottled uh, August 2014. Still very fresh and loads of flavour. Four stars. And as we know, with the, that, well, I suppose it's one thing about Two Minute Tall is that the, like, he doesn't aim to make the same beer every time. Yeah. So 2014 could be very as, could as, be very different than the yeah. that's just the case with a lot of like vintage beers anyway like yeah, you, yeah. Sort of, you get these sort of differences and you know, yeah, it's depending like, on the, it's gonna, sorts of it's gonna change Sharon P at the Ale House Project as salty as salt <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory okay oh, Frankie S ew if you feel like getting mauled in the face by a wave and getting a mouthful of salt water then no look further this beer is for you 0.25 of a wow. star wow that was and unexpected. Then, oh, well, it's, oh, well, it's gotten itself. Brianne S. in Ontario. Um, whoa, da fuck, smells mild, definitely has a salt water aftertaste, sour and salty. Yuck, half a star. <laughs> Followed by, okay, so, I'm, so maybe maybe this 2016 batch was too salty. Because we've got half star, quarter star, 0. 0.75, 0. 0.5, 1.5. <laughs> like, then, we've, then we've got Coles at Stout and, and then it gets to. Five stars. This yeah. is 2016 as well, though. Ah. So, I mean, that might be the 2015 vintage if he's drinking it in 2016. But yeah, because as soon as you get back, you get below that yeah. time, everything starts getting back up to really good results again. Mm. Yeah. August 7, unusual but refreshing. Loads of red and dark berry fruit. Salty but overall fruity like a red wine. Superb, 4.75. Alrighty, let's just... Whip. 
let's wheel this around. So basically, all, all these comments, uh, unless they are referring to this this year's version, are irrelevant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that seems about right. What do we think? Yeah. I mean, I can see Jeff is warming it like some sort of um, campfire. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not sure what it'll taste like once it'll warm up. It could could go either way. It's hard to say. Um, it delivers exactly what it promises. It does. Like it's, it's it's really weird, but it's. I think those flavors are really well balanced. Yeah, it's, it's a bit seafoody, a bit salty. It's a nice base beer. It's. It's definitely not wrong. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, a, it's not wrong. The question is whether you like it. So well, it's one of those, for me, it's one of those things that. I don't know if like is the right word. Yeah, but I want to keep drinking it. Mm. It's kind of like Vegemite, you know? Nobody really truly likes Vegemite, but... I truly like Vegemite. No, you're wrong. You're nobody. <laughs> so you're part of that bit, that, that yeah, bit of Venn yeah. diagram over there? That, that's, you're in there. But you keep eating it, and then you, you eventually, you're like... Yeah, like, like, it's not... You don't like it like you like, you know, pizza or mm. chocolate or a burger, but there's something about it that you just need to keep eating it. This is this, is this beer for me. I mean, I'm giving it four stars. I... It's... Yeah, um, I just look, need to I keep was, drinking I was it. just enjoying how that metaphor was going to go. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey? Yeah, I... I mean, yeah, it, it does what it says it's going to do. I just don't like a lot, particularly what it was trying to do. So I I reckon, like, yeah, on the basis that three and a half would drink again, I would have to give this 3.25. I don't think I would drink this again. Like, again, it does does what was planned to do. That's fine. I'm just, yeah, just not a fan. Look, I... I'm more of a fan than um, you, Jeff, but not as much of a fan of it as you are, Paul. So I'm going to go 3.75. But I, I am going to, um, I, you know, I would probably drink it again, but probably not immediately. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a good point. Would drink again, not immediately. <laughs> yeah, not today, not tomorrow, maybe not even next week. <laughs> so. Alrighty, we should finish up this very, very weary episode. Um, if you, if you this week were in Melbourne, or indeed if you um, just had that feeling um, like you drank a lot this week, um, either due to good beer week or other things, um, then I, we're hoping this will go in some way to, um, uh, you know, showing off the same pain that um, you're going through that we have. That made no sense at all. Um, <laughs> wait, no, it did not. What are you talking about? Welcome to post Good Beer Week. Uh, thank you to everyone from Good Beer Week. Fantastic year again. Um, we have been the Brunswick Beer Collective. Uh, with me has been Paul Christoph. Um, I'm actually not going to sign off with that. I've, just as a point of interest, even though most people know, if you're one of our Sydney listeners, um, enjoy Gabs. You've got it coming up. Oh yes. we've up on Thursday, so yes, you do. Yes. you'll have Gabs in a couple of days, and yeah, if it's anything like the Melbourne was was, you'll um, have a very good time. Yeah. yeah, we probably could have usefully talked about what what beers we're going to Gabs in retrospect. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sydney listeners. <laughs> we'll do a bit of next time. Maybe we'll post our um, paddles on um, some sort of social media. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we'll put a yeah. we'll put a little paddle list up. Yeah, what beers we think you should mm. get. In the meantime, we have been the Brunswick Beer Collective. With us has been Paul Christoph. This time, goodbye. With us has been Jeffrey G. See you next week. And I've been Chris Shorten, and we will talk to you all next week.